everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. This is a more solemn occasion as our team was picked apart by the Buffalo Bills yesterday on the 13th, 27 to 17. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike. And I'm joined, as always, by the president of memes of Jets Twitter, NYJ Matt. Tough day. Yeah, that was um, definitely not the start that we were looking for. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier. Going into Buffalo, you don't have to win that game, right? We, we want to win every game. You just don't want to get embarrassed. You want to be able to watch your team play how you think they're supposed to, right? From the start of the game, going from the block in the back, start the kick, and then three consecutive three and outs, it, it was the worst possible start that you could have offensively. Yeah, look, it's frustrating because it's probably the worst case scenario we talked about before the game. All the horrific losses that the Jets have had in the last couple of years, you know, even you know, so the Jets win some games and it's fine, uh, but then when they lose, it's unbearable and just either beat down or just not resembling real football. Um, so yesterday, the Jets, like you said, start off with the three three and outs. I'm most frustrated because I wanted to see what the what I wanted to see what the identity of our team was going to be on offense and defense. So you lost Mosley and Jamal Adams. You know, Mosley didn't play much last year, but, you know, you're expecting him to play a big role this year. You lost both those guys. Not sure what the defense was going to look like. Didn't look too good. No pass rush whatsoever. Um, the middle linebackers look slow. You know, Avery Williamson is also out. Patrick Onwusar is out. Uh, Blake Cashman got hurt. Didn't come back. So you're playing with, again, you know, broken record, your fourth and fifth string middle linebackers. Yeah. And then on offense, you know, you want to come out and see, hey, maybe we could run the ball a little bit, get Sam in some, in some situations where you could utilize an effective play action. Uh, you know, because when you can't keep the other team off balance, we were talking about during the game, if it's second and eight and Sean McDermott goes, hey, they're going to throw the ball and we have a mediocre wide receiver core, it's not going to win. But when you're a team like New England in recent years has had a mediocre wide receiver core, they run the ball effectively. You don't know what is coming. Then you hit them with the play action, and then you have guys like Chris Hogan can get separation. But when you're, you know, second and long, third and long, and it's Chris Hogan versus Tredavious White, you're just not going to win that battle a lot, and you're going to go three and out. And and it's also on Darnold too. Darnold didn't play so well. Yeah, I mean, we'll go with Darnold to start. I, we all know that Darnold had a bad game. You know, he ended up with 60% completion, 215 yards, a touchdown, a pick, was sacked three times. Surprisingly enough, I thought the offensive line by the eye test, had a good game. Darnold was pressured 47% of the time per ESPN stats. Maybe we're just used to trash, you know? Yeah, you're right. And and that was number one in the NFL. Second highest was the Cowboys at 40%. So, you know, that's no excuse at all. I think, you know, some of the pressures could be alluded to Darnold holding onto the ball too long, not setting his feet, missing open guys. When he did find a guy, a few drops absolutely killed them. I guess before we go to, to your take, I just need to go out there and go on a soapbox for a minute and say, you can be frustrated with Darnold. You can want him to have a better year three. You need to show him improve. We all get that. And you can, you can be skeptical. I'm not even saying you can't be. But if you're on the mindset after one week in year three, after you were celebrating the entire offseason that you have your guy, and now you're immediately a tank for Trevor guy, I think you're a loser. And I don't think that you're a smart football fan in any like slight of the imagination, what you need to realize is that you can be skeptical. 
but you have to give him his year three to do something. With Chris Hogan and Perryman out here, you know, Chris Herndon, even though he had six catches, felt invisible the entire day. Bell goes down. It was, it was a sloppy game all around. Give this guy a year to see what he can do. I'm, I'm so sick and tired of – I felt like it was 95% Team Darnold, 5% tank for Trevor. Three and, days and not only 95-5, but the 95% would, like, murder the 5% if they said anything about Like, Trevor. that was two days ago. Two days and, ago. And, and then and Darnold not, – it's not like Darnold had literally the worst game ever. Like, if you look at the box score, which you just said, and you say Darnold 21 for 31, 215 yards, a touchdown and a pick, should have had another touchdown at the end of the game that Chris Hogan dropped. And I hate that Josh Adams got the rushing touchdown. Oh, we'll talk fuck. about that after. What, like, what is going on? This is the, the absolute worst of your quarterback, you know? Fine. You, you, and it's even not the, good. It's the beat writers getting at him. Look, you can get at him for a bad game. That's on the, Connor Hughes, and we love Connor. Connor is too much. Too the much. footwork is bad. We're, look, we, we and if you hear Darnold today, though, like I listened to him on the K show half hour ago. He refused to talk about the team. He refused to talk about his coach. He blamed himself for everything. They said, oh, what do you think of Adam Gase saying he wouldn't change one play from the loss yesterday? Darnold said, that's on me. I got to execute better. The entire interview, he just stood up and, and blamed himself for the loss, and his head coach would never in a million years do that for him. I'm starting to think, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I think Darnold and Gase have a pretty good relationship. Darnold's going to start getting frustrated. If he keeps going out there, putting himself on the line, well, his dog shit coach continues to do nothing creative. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible week one, and and there's not many. But that's positives. why I'm frustrated. That's that's why I'm frustrated too. Is I wanted to see one time, like just don't go down twenty one nothing because then it's not the real offense. You're not gonna, you know. I want to see Le'Veon Bell at 15, 16, 17, 18, 20 carries and yeah, and have ninety yards. And but that's how you win games. And it's not, you know, with this receiving core, you have to be able to. Do something early in the game, establish some kind of present run. That's the one thing that no one talks about. They talk about the lack of receivers. They talk about whatever. The Jets have two 100-yard rushing games last year uh, with Darnold under, under center. Obviously not week one of this year. It's, there's just no – there's nothing there's, there's nothing for to back Darnold up, and, it's, and it sucks. Yeah, and looking at the running game, you know, 15 total carries. Darnold had one of those. For 52 yards, averaging three and a half yards a carry. It's not going to work. And I get at a point you you dig yourself in too big of a hole where you get predictable. And and I'm fu- like, look, the running game is horrible yesterday. The passing game is horrible. As you mentioned, we're, we're not happy that Adams got that touchdown at the end of the game. We wanted Darnold to feel confident and get a touchdown throw and make his box score a little bit better. That doesn't take away the bad things that happen in the game. It's at the end of the year when you look at a stat line, you want to see more more touchdowns on there. Um, but rushing, nothing happening. Receiving, the, the highlight was Crowder, obviously. And, you know, he had the drop that was huge for the first down, but the big 69-yard touchdown, that gave some life in a game that felt lifeless. And, you know, I had a I, shot. The Jets had no business being in this game, though. I want to hear your thoughts on, on Herndon because I, I tweeted out mid-game, you know, two guys that you need to step up today, Herndon and Quinnen, they felt invisible on the field. And Herndon, End of the day with six catches for 37 yards. I feel like if you would have asked me, I would have guessed he had three or four. I don't even know where the other two came from. Well, he had that couple on the last drive, the real garbage time. Um, the, fumble, the fumble was a drive killer, too. I, I, I know. I don't think it was a fumble, but we also, they also gave us the field goal that did go in. They just didn't count it. 
For yeah, and, and going through the rest, you know, Bella, two catches for a total of 32 yards. Nice ball down the line from Darnold for a 30-yard gain. Perryman, three catches, 17 yards. You know, Adams had two catches for 14 yards. Hogan, one catch. It, it's just the game that offensively, the only bright spot you can take away is if you look at the PFF rankings that came out this morning, Becton, the number 11th tackle in the NFL this week. You know, very, very awesome. good for Becton. Uh, That's huge. That's Alex huge. Lewis grayed out as an 81 around, and, and that is top, I think, eight for the guards of the week. But McGovern, they saw, yeah. they saw the, those runs to the left were working. I mean, exactly. they only had a couple of them. But exactly. Again, but again, you're down 21 nothing. That the defense has to be better. Yeah. Also, no preseason, man. Like, so Darnold, people, you know, Darnold had the problems with his his footwork and specifically the footwork and throwing off the back foot and doing some weird stuff when he got out of the pocket, making that one bad throw game. But the way you fix those things is, you know, he's still probably shell-shocked from last year with that horrifying offensive line. He had a little – even though, you know, we're used to seeing garbage, so we thought that the line played well week one. You know, statistically, they probably didn't, but he had enough time to make some plays. We're not going to blame the offensive line for this loss. You got to go out there and play and 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 grow on the football field. So when Sam is working on this on his footwork, and you know, it's going to help him to be on the field with this group of guys. And you know, no preseason hurt the Jets. I think a lot yeah. in this scenario. You know, you heard a lot. Some teams are going to be a lot very unprepared. First couple of weeks, week one, whatnot. I think the Jets were, you know, that's partially on coaching. It's partially on. It's a tough situation. Um, so I'm with you, man. That was. I mean, that's the offense. But, but side again, of the ball. yeah, you, you have right the offense side, but you got to give Sam more time. I mean, it's ridiculous. It doesn't. Who like? I've seen two like a lot of takes now. You know, my buddies are texting me saying, "Hey, if the Jets go one and fifteen, you want Trevor Lawrence?" Like, what kind of what is going on? The Jets lose one. You know, you lose opening day. With a tough loss, the Jets could go out and beat the 49ers next week, and then I have to, everyone's going to say, oh, we're making the playoffs, whatever. Got to be a little more even-keeled, you know? It, it, it's a gut punch. You, I know, I'm pretty sure you saw the highlight of, you know, the open guy downfield when Darnold rolled out of bounds and took the five-yard loss. He could have thrown it away. He had a man open downfield. Tough video, but you got to remember, when you make the mistakes and you, you think you're trying to do too much, you overthink the, the easy things that are happening in front of you. So, you know, for me, I said it early. If you, after one week, are a tank for Trevor Guy, you can unfollow and you can get out of my mentions because what you're what you're doing is you're you're doing a narrative that hasn't happened yet. You you can go out and beat the 49ers next week. You can lose to the 49ers and Darnold has a really good game, which can happen. Darnold did it against the Packers. He did it against the Texans. Two teams that were better than the Jets that Darnold was able to go out and play well. And then you have games against the Colts. And the Broncos, which I've said the Broncos game is the game that the Jets should win out of the first four. There's no reason this team can't get a win, not if not two. And and Darnold has three good games in a row through four. I just it, it it's a narrative that I cannot believe that is already starting after one bad week, which statistically was an eh mediocre week. That's it. That's that's the take. That's it. I, it doesn't. It's it's very frustrating. I, you know, listen but, to it. I stupid Joe and Evan on WFN were talking about it. I'm so sick of fucking Joe and Evan. They're so obnoxious and whiny and negative. Just, just mean, because you're on. loud, you're a loud speaker, and you have been a Jet fan for a long time, doesn't mean you're a quality Jet fan and you know what you're talking about. Right. It doesn't. 
Like I guarantee you, Joe and everyone put on the game at one o'clock. They're probably not very into it. A touchdown or pick will happen, and they have some talking points for the next day. They don't actually care what happens. It's the it's the garbage. But to, I wanted to touch on the defensive side of the ball because you know the the Jets in the first half had no answer for Josh Allen. Um, the cornerbacks looked completely overmatched against Diggs and Brown, specifically right to see her getting pulled early in the game for Nate Harrison. The, the two most interesting stats uh, on the defensive side, one, they did a great job stopping the run, 2.2 yards per carry by the running backs. If you include Josh Allen, they averaged three yards a carry. Uh, good game for the, the rush defense, but the first half, Josh Allen did get out of the pocket and make some plays. The second stat was the Jets had one pressure the entire football game by a non-defensive back, and that was a Quinton Williams pressure. So, we know Marcus May had a great game. Mike, I want to hear your takeaways on how the Jets' defense looked. Not good, man. I'm not happy with the defense. The, the, we've talked at length, you know, by ourselves about it's nice to have a good run defense. The Jets seem to have had that for a lot of years. You brought up maybe the Jets have the lowest yards per carry against them over the last 10 years. It's just a guess. We, we can look it up, but. Uh, there's just no pass rush. He's not a semblance of a pass rush. I'm getting sick of Quinn and Williams. Like, so when we're going to talk about Darnold and we say patience and, you know, there's a reason that Darnold deserves patience and that we shouldn't think about moving on from him. But we are very, very optimistic fans, if you can't tell. And we're, we're very sick of Quinn and Williams and his lack of production it doesn't do anything. Yeah, and I'm like the Quinnen news of you know Greg Williams defending him, saying his high ankle sprain last year. You know he had a stinger at one point. He goes, it affected everything, and he got in great shape this offseason. Braces coming off, like you're ready for Quinnen year two, and you want him to pop a little more than he did yesterday. Does that mean that I think Quinnen's going to have a horrific year? Absolutely not. I would love for him to come out and absolutely dominate the next few weeks. But at the end of the day, I can be frustrated with Quinnen. I can be frustrated with Darnold, but to your point, the the quarterback position, the, the the stuff laid out in front of Darnold has been absolute garbage this far. You know, going back to the offense real quick, the, how many times were Griffin and Herndon on the same on the field together? I think that was a whole thing all offseason. I think they had eleven percent of snaps together. That goes back to again, you're down twenty one nothing. Are you gonna play twelve formation? Are you gonna run the ball up the middle, do a play action like out to your tight end. Like who you know, it's that's why that's what I was most frustrated with because and then, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, what is Gates's offense? Like Gates is garbage, Gates is garbage, sure. But he didn't really have a chance to unveil his regular offense because I don't Gates doesn't like to play from behind. He doesn't he likes to play that slower, shorter passing game. But no chance for that. You gotta adjust and fucking you know, where is where is Ryan Griffin? He doesn't have to play in the, you know, on the line of scrimmage. Put him in the slot, do something. Yeah. I mean, but I guess back to the defense. Again, Marcus May really good. Mm-hmm. Greg Williams showed that he still has those exotic blitzes. The Jets got a lot of pressure when they blitzed. A lot of missed tackles. They missed Allen in the backfield a lot. I actually was surprised to see Allen only had – he had 14 carries for 57 yards. I thought he had more yards than like that. More. And he had two um, fumbles, so – you know, give and take, but he got in the pocket, would just stand there for three, four, five seconds, and then someone would do it like a comeback. Like John Brown would make a 12 yard catch every single time. Every yeah. single time. I think it's fascinating, too. I mean, we got to call it Bless Austin had a great game. Yep. He was, um, again, he, he's a great tackler. He played good man defense. I think he was graded in the top 10 
for cornerbacks as well for this week, which is a really good sign. Um, Braden Mann had another game of nothing crazy spectacular, but it was good just seeing the ball get to the other side of the field, right? So I'm fine with Braden Mann. Ficken, you know, made the three t- chances he had to kick the ball. So yeah, Ficken looked good. He looked the, solid. Yeah, the, the small wins throughout the game. I think the biggest win for me is, is Becton translating to the NFL. My biggest fear was that he would early on just whiff on guys, you know, try to get that punch, miss a defender coming around the corner, and Darnold gets hit for a sack. Becton looked poised. You know, rookie mistakes popped up. I can't wait to watch the All-22 film when it comes out tomorrow, Wednesday, to really look at the offensive line and, and break it down. But for me, I'm happy with the way Becton played. Um, Ashton Davis had a quiet game. He was a gunner on punt returns, and he didn't really get down to the field fast enough, in my opinion, when you rewatch those punts for man. Um, man's best punt the first one of the day. Uh, kick returner, I think it was Roberts, right? He, he catches the ball 20 yards, not a, not a Jets gunner. Shot. He just ran straight for and then he gets And he gets a 15, 20-yard gain. Um, Ashton Davis most notably tried to hurdle on his kick return in the fourth quarter. Uh, looked dangerous, happy he's okay. Um, nothing else stood out for me uh for the rookies and i don't even think any more rookies played yeah everyone's hurt um just the one thing there's too many guys in the jets on defense that aren't that good just to say it they're just not good enough harvey langy was all over the field uh i was looking at michael nanny he broke it down he's he thought langy had a poor game which is you know he's you know it's tough to spy on josh allen and 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 keep devin singletary you know cover those guys. Langy had a nice pass breakup, but you have guys like Langy playing a lot, Terrell Basham, Frankie Louvu. You know, it's just, it's hard to win games with those kind of guys playing big roles. Like, you know, those guys are good role players. They're supposed to be special teamers. Langy is a noted special team, uh, solid player. But then you have these guys playing major roles on defense. There's no pass rush. There's no anything. There's no, there's no push. They got, just got a good push when the Bills ran the ball. Uh, and you know the Bills ran the ball a lot out of the shot, the shotgun, and the pistol, and the Jets kind of just stood him up by the line of scrimmage. And and I think Devin Singleton had one pretty long run, but other than that, it was really good. <sighs> I'm I'm disappointed with the defense. Um, maybe we should look ahead to next week and see how the Jets match up against the Niners. Yeah, I think we we pretty much overkilled this game. I, I you know. <laughs> I think we have the correct takes about Darnold moving forward. Um, I think you can break down this game and find three or four small wins. But to your point, let's go to the Niners because, you know, they come flying west to east. Um, week two game. Uh, you've called out how the Jets can, um, you know, stay in this game specifically by their run defense. I might to allude to that a little bit. Yeah, so like we talked about, the Bills – only ran for 30 or so odd yards with their running backs against the Jets. The 49ers didn't have such success running the ball last week. Uh, in total, they were pretty solid. Jared McKinnon ended up having a pretty good game. He had 24 carries on 24 yards on three carries, but Raheem Mostert got the start. Only went 15 for 56. The problem with the Jets is if Avery and Blake Hassman are out again, these guys are dangerous out of the backfield. Raheem Mostert had a 76-yard touchdown catch. He had 95 yards receiving. Right. Uh, the guy can burn down the field. Um, so the, And they use three running backs. They're going to use McKinnon. They're going to use Tevin Coleman. Uh, they have George Kittle is an unbelievable tight end. They have Kyle Juszczyk. So right now, the Jets linebacking core is downright bad with the current guys that are playing. 
you talked, you texted me today too. You're like Jordan Jenkins only played fifty percent of the snaps. It was less. 50, it was less it was than fifty like, percent. Yeah, it was like a third. Well, he only played fifty-two percent last year. Um, and you know, is he even the guy that's going to make that huge impact? I don't think that guy's really on the roster. So <clears> the Jets are going to have to stop stop the run, which they do. They're going to have to make Jimmy G beat you, which I'm not really convinced that he will. But uh, yeah, well, they're just going to need some kind of pass rush. They're going to need. Because the 49ers defensive line is going to be going after Sam all day. Yeah, I think uh, a tough part for us, too, is the 49ers not getting the win week one. I, I don't think the, the players are going to go into a year at all being, you know, defending NFC champions. Um, you know, a team a quarter away from the Super Bowl starting 0-2 against a Cardinals team that people are high on. I'm not as high on. And then going to the Jets, which, you know, people right now would put – from ranked 28 to 32 in the NFL. So the Niners are going to come in hungry. I think if we were traveling west for this game, it would be, you know, a downright – It would. I think it would be double-digit spread. The Jets would have a, a horrific time. Them coming to MetLife does help. Team and team in their own stadium, Darnold on his own turf. I, I'm looking forward to hopefully Darnold just breaking out, man, and just having a normal game of, you know, 65% completion two to three touchdowns, maybe one turnover, hitting guys in stride, 270 yards. Like that's a game that can happen. And you just need, you, you want to see your guys play well. And to your point, the linebacking core that we've been begging for guys like Clowney, making that one sign that can really change our defense. They didn't do it. And they kept cap for next year. And that's fine. You can do that. But to me, the front office is too focused on 2021 and not using the cap they have this year. You have year Absolutely. three of Sam Darnold. You don't want to waste that. I, I won't forgive this franchise for letting a kid who has all the talent in the world, and you look at the other kids drafted in his draft class, get given these number one receivers, good O-line, good head coach. He's had none of it. I'm, I'm so sick and tired of this garbage. It's, it's just I'm not right. And to your point, kid drafted the year after, Kyler Murray has DeAndre Hopkins, who ended up with 14 catches for 151 yards against the Niners. So, you know, that's an area that the Jets would – so the reason the Cardinals won this game is partially because of Kyler's running ability. He had 91 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And also the, this, the difference in wide receiver play. So Hopkins dominated 14 catches, 151 yards. The 49ers leading receiver in terms of wide receivers was Kendrick Bourne at two catches. Trent Taylor had two, and that's it. They had four catches from their wide receivers. Everyone else, you know, the Moster, George Kittle, Juszczyk, Jordan Reed had a couple catches. So – that's an area the Jets would hopefully look to exploit and try and pick on some of those 49ers corners, but is it going to be Perryman? Uh, you know, who's it going to be? Is is Crowder going to go put in the middle? I'm sure he will, but can the Jets take advantage of that? You know, you'd like them to be in a better position to do that, you know, where we can come out and say, hey, Sam is going to dominate this team. Good luck, Jimmy G. Because that's how I felt going into the year. I felt that, hey, I, I'll take Sam any given day over – Anybody we play except for Pat Mahomes or Russell Wilson, give us a shot. Let's play some close football games. Let's have a magical season. Yeah, season, it starts this week, but it's it, you know it's a pretty you know tough way to start the year. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when Colin Coward said that Adam Gates was Kyle Shanahan before Kyle Shanahan, and now the two face off for the week two game at MetLife. Um, Mike, any any predictions for the 49ers-Jets uh, game? Because I know we probably won't do another pod until that game is over. Um, you know, gut predictions for the 49ers-Jets game. 
Sub prediction, this feels like a 31-23 Niners win. Um, it feels like the Jets will probably – I think they're going to come out with some fire. I think they're going to come out looking better. I think they're going to flip the script a little bit, but not enough. It's going to be tough to beat, you know, the defending NFC champions. Um, I, I'm not so high in the 49ers roster. I don't – I look at their roster, I'm not super impressed. So – they lost so Trent Williams helps because they lost Joe Staley the left tackle, um, but Jimmy G I think is is re- really if not if not average below average as a quarterback in this league he's not bad there's just there's a lot of good quarterbacks you know guy threw 18 picks last year less than 4,000 yards that's pretty much what most quarterbacks will do if they play 16 games especially in this offense Raheem Moster doesn't scare me so much even though he had a very good year last year. Even, you know, their receivers are not very good. George Kittle got banged up last week. I don't think this team is, like, dominant. They, you know, I don't think their defense is as dominant. You know, they have Nick Bosa. They have Richard Sherman, but Sherman's already in his 30s. They have that defensive line, but the middle linebackers don't scare me. Uh, Quan Alexander coming off that big injury, too. So, can the Jets win this game? Yes. Is Is everything so negative right now? Yes. Are things possibly, could they turn around? Of course. Do we believe in Sam Darnold? Yes. So, going into the year, I'll take Sam over Jimmy G. The 49ers roster is vastly better than ours. I think we lose by a touchdown or, you know, eight points, 31-23. Yeah, I'm going um, 38-27 49ers. I, I picture a world where uh, pretty much same start, uh, a little better. I, I could see the, the 49ers going up two touchdowns in the first half. I think Darnold settles his own, has a pretty solid game. My goal would be for Darnold, like I said before, to have those two to three touchdowns, maybe one turnover, and get over 250 yards. And I want to see the wide receivers catch footballs. I want to see Perryman, I want to see Hogan, and I want to see Mims potentially get back. Now, Mims is looking a lot better for week three than week two. I don't think they would rush back a you know, a prize rookie receiver that they have. But if Mims is good to go, I would love, love, love to see Denzel Mims get out there. But nice. yeah, I've I have what thirty eight twenty seven was yeah. I think the score predicted. Um, well, also but, Bell's going to be out, which sucks. The, the, Bell, Bell is tough. I think Gore, you know, in his limited carries, what Gore had six carries for twenty four yards uh, and his long of eight yards. You know, it's weird. We said it last year too. Bell, you know, very patient runner that didn't really gel with our offensive line. When you saw Powell get a few touches last year, you saw him kind of break free for the 12, 13-yard gains that you just didn't see Bell get. You know, I, I would take a healthy Bell over any player on this roster any day. But it, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Goran Adams because, look, Piran's not going to be playing next week. It's, it's yeah. looking very doubtful. So you have two running backs on your roster. If one of them goes down in a, in a no preseason COVID year, I don't know how the Jets can establish a running game next week. North-South runners, I'm sure they'll call, they'll bring someone up because I uh, from the practice squad. Maybe that Pete Guerrero from Monmouth. Is he still? But, the, I thought they cut him for like the 500th time. It's hard to keep up with. Wait, I'm actually gonna keep, go yeah. go with your thought here because I want to see if we have a running back in the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, because the Cardinals rushed for 180 yards and two touchdowns. 91 of those were Kyler. But Kenyon Drake was fine. He had 60 yards and a touchdown, and they brought in Chase Edmonds, who had 26 yards. So if the Jets can get, you know, get Frank Gore going up the middle and pound that rock, that's the kind of – I think that's more of what Adam Gase wants is, you know, hey, 
let's we don't need to rush 25 times for 200 yards i want four or five yards of carry then i can go my play action i can do what i want to do um confirm the jets do not have a running back on their practice squad the only one they do have is josh adams because technically after the game he goes back to the practice squad and can be brought back up um doesn't have to clear waivers with the they have to um, sign someone they should sign demarius thomas and put him a running back well going through (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's not looking good Um, i'm shocked that the jets did not bring thomas back i mean just after the first game it looks like it probably would have been better than hogan hogan looked terrible yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think that's a good 49ers preview. We have our predictions out there. I want to touch on one thing that's been going around Jets Twitter today. Um, the, in the event that the Jets have a 1-7 start, I don't foresee that happening. But if it does happen, a lot of people are asking, will the Johnson family and the Jets organization move on from Adam Gase midseason? I have my thoughts. I want to see what you think. Probably not, especially because of this year. It's hard. It, you know, is this year to move on with the COVID and with the, you know, just the uncertainty and it's it's difficult. But but to watch another one and seven start, you might just say, "Fuck this guy already, get him out of here." Let's try something else. Yeah, I wonder what that something else would be. I'm a, a big believer, and they will not fire him. During the year, I think if you have a legit 0-8, Darnold does not look like a real quarterback, he would go. I don't think that's going to happen, even if it's a 1-7 and start. Because was it going to be Dowell Loggins as our offensive coordinator and Greg Williams takes over? Like, what yeah, the fuck plays I mean, are they going to call? If Gase goes, Loggins is getting sent to the fucking moon. He won't be back. So that's terrible, yeah. Well, is is Jim Bob Cooter still the running back coach? Yeah, I think Does Jim so. Bob Cooter become the offensive. The fact that he's the running back coach still blows my mind. Dow Loggins is like five foot three and played quarterback allegedly in college in those photos, but he's the quarterback coach. He's going to help your young quarterback develop. And you have Jim Bob fucking Cooter as your running back coach. He's never had a carry in his entire life. Maybe in Pop Warner. I, it's just like a weird, like Le'Veon Bell getting coaching advice from Jim Bob Cooter is hilarious. But <laughs> I, I think that's one thing with the Jets too. It's weird. I feel like we go through the motions of a practice, and I can be completely wrong here. I feel like nobody gets coached up and gets better. I feel like the whole thing comes down to, yeah, we're doing drills, doing team drills. Yeah, everyone was moving around, looking good, and learning the playbook. I feel like no one gets comes to the Jets, and they just become a better player. It's a weird feeling. That. Well, Honestly, though, some of the younger Jets players have improved the last few years. Like Marcus May. Marcus May is the one, for Les sure. Les Austin's a six-round pick. Fully Fatu Kasi has turned into a good player. Um, you know, Brian Poole had a really good year last year after being, you know, not very highly valued. So there's some, you know, whatever. I don't you know. You see what I'm, I'm saying, pissed. though? It just doesn't feel like a culture that – you come here to get better. It's you come here to play in Adam Gase's offense, and if you can fit that mold well, then you can maybe have a year of sixty catches, seven hundred yards, and go f- f- six and ten. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. Everything feels weird right now. It feels weird, but we, let's let's you know again. No preseason on the road, playoff team. You don't want to look that bad, but you did. And before we, you know make any crazy statements or whatnot let's let's back our quarterback let's hope our coach is not this awful even though most evidence shows that he is not very good 
Let's 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 win some games. Look, the 49ers are not unbeatable. If we're playing the Chiefs next week, I would vomit. But we're playing the 49ers. They have not a very good quarterback. Their running game is their strength on offense, and our run defense is our strength of our whole team. We don't have to worry about containing the quarterback running. We don't have to worry about any wild wide receivers on the outside. Uh, we'll have Marcus May to cover George Kittle. Let's go, you know? Yeah. Bring it on. Come I'm on. with you. I feel good. I feel great right now. I'm changing my prediction. 48-10 Jets. Now we'll go 31-23 Niners. But I think the Jets are going to be in this game. They have to be. They got to get up for this game. And Greg Williams is going to have those guys fire up. They're not letting up 21 points in the first quarter again. Yeah. I Now that you brought up the Chiefs real quick, I, I, I thought of a new invention. You know how on Twitter you can mute specific words that come across your timeline? Yeah. There should be a way with your TV that if they mention a certain term or word that you don't want to hear, <laughs> they you, they mute your TV real quick and unmute it. Because if I have to hear Coleccio Semele's name a dozen times on the Chiefs broadcast when they're probably undefeated during that time, I'm going to set myself on fire live on Periscope Twitter. Dude, it's like uh, the 2015 World Series and I'm a Mets fan. Contact. The announcer just kept saying the word contact, and I muted the game. Can't do it. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, we didn't enjoy yesterday's game, but we were lucky enough to have it with a, a group of 12, 15, you know, friends Social and family distanced. members. We did a great job social distancing. And at the end of the day, you know, it sucked being down, what was it, 21 nothing. Um, but your, your dad pouring those fireball shots con- consistently <laughs> for us, um, making the drinks, getting drunk, that, that was, you know, the part of the game that was fun. We, we don't like to get blacked out drunk for games. We don't do it. And we didn't yesterday. But it was nice to, to have a little buzz going into a, a Darnold fourth quarter garbage time. And then the Crowder touchdown was an all-time moment. Yeah, that was exciting. We ran out of the house. I mean, not much to cheer for. So at least, you know, you have that to cheer for. Good play call by Adam Gase. When we threw, we were like, what the fuck is that? Third and 70 to like an out to Jameson Crowder. We're like, what is this garbage? And he broke tackles. <laughs> yeah, the good go, thing go. the good thing is you have you have a, a COVID weird week where weeks keep flying by and stacking up on each other. So by the time we know it, it'll be Sunday. It'll be probably twelve fifteen. Mike and I will talk ourselves into the Jets winning thirty one twenty four. Absolutely. All right. I think that that's a pretty good wrap up. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So thanks again for listening to the fifth episode of the Broadway Jets podcast. Be sure to tune in next week, and hopefully we'll get a win this weekend. Get the fuck up. Third down and seven. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out in space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder breaks free. It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. And somehow the Jets are still in this ballgame.